I feel like so much of what we wrestle with in our 20s and 30s, like the messages about our value then, they change. It changes, right? Like in our 40s, but I feel like it's this anti-aging message that kind of weighs on our head. And yet there is nothing you can do about it. Like your alternative to not aging is death, right? right. I mean, it's really your best option, yeah. aging. You're, you're, you're onto something that I think is a great, great vein to tap because there, there is this sort of like, how can we turn back the clock? My message is like, why would we want to turn back the clock? Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in his grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the forthcoming book The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at ComparedToWho.me, and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who show. I'm Heather Creekmore and I'm glad you're watching or listening today. Today, my friend Lori Davies is my guest. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before we dive in to a very important topic. Today, we're going to talk about aging, so you're going to want to listen to this. But Lori is someone who grew up in the middle class. She's a middle child. She grew up in the Midwest. Like She is fluent in all things middle And the reason why I asked Lori to join me on this conversation about aging is she runs a Facebook group called Get a Midlife, and it's for all of us who are in kind of this middle stage of life. Lori's also a writer. You can read her great work at lauridavies.life, and I'll give you that address again at the end. And she runs the women's ministry at Grace Community Church outside of Phoenix in a town called Tempe. Did I say that right? You got it. You nailed it. I got it. it. Yay. I've been struggling with the pronunciation of Tempe. I want to to do Arizonans proud. So Arizona. (laughs) Lori, thanks so much for being on the show today. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be fun. So can you just tell us a little bit about you before we dig into this big topic of aging, uh, something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Tell us, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, um, so for as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a writer. And so that's what I've done. And it's, uh, I've kind of wound that into different um, areas over the years. But at first, before we really dive in, I just want to tell you, Heather, that when I declared journalism in college, which was the obvious choice for me, the first quick fork in the road is you choose print or broadcast. And I, I dove hard for print journalism. And um, I actually said at that time, I will never do camera work. And so um, in this new sort of digital ministry age and just digital communications age that we're in, this is um, recording today as kind of an unfamiliar territory for me. So I'll just 
lay that out there. But the reason I bring up journalism is it kind of segues into a story that I'm going to tell your listeners today related to your first book, Compared to Who. I've done a lot of thinking about kind of how I've looked at my own body and my body image over the years. And it crystallizes for me really in one story. I was working as a journalist. Um, I was on a travel writing assignment. So really rough gig. You know, I was on this press junket for a weekend in Northern Arizona. Beautiful in Northern Arizona. People think where I live, Phoenix, you know, cactus, desert, that's the whole state of Arizona. No, you get up north and there's pine trees and mountains. And so, um, so I got invited to do this press trip um, and we got to take a plus one. My husband couldn't go. So I took my 10 year old son. And so we're like on a helicopter ride in the Grand Canyon and um, houseboating on Lake Powell, which is just beautiful. It's all the, you know, postcards you see from Arizona. So many of them are taken there. And there was this moment on the trip where we just kind of had like this free afternoon and got to play. And so we're on this luxurious houseboat and we had access to a jet ski and uh, my son wanted to go so bad. And I had this awful self image moment where I was like, I can't possibly get onto this jet ski. And I let some random photographer take my son out on a jet ski ride because I was too uh, unwilling and ashamed of my body, you know, and what that would mean. Like, I'm never going to see this photographer again. And I was worried about taking my son out on something that would be super fun for him. So, so that was that. And it was mortifying, but it was done. And I really didn't think much of it until about five years later, I was on vacation with my family in San Diego. And we met up with another family and there's the dreaded jet ski. They have a jet ski. And my husband kind of looks at me like, let's go. And I had that same moment of, I can't do that. I just, that's, I just don't, you're nodding your head. You know, all the things like I'm not really doing a great job of filling in the blank, but it was paralysis is what it was, Heather. But then I remembered, like, I let some random guy take my son out for something super fun. I am doing this. And so Mm -hmm. I stripped down my swimsuit, got on the back of the jet ski, and my husband and I took that thing from Coronado Island almost all the way across to San Diego. It was one of the most fun vacation moments I've ever had. And it's because I finally just let my hair down and let my guard down. And got on the darn jet ski. And so there was a lot of freedom in that, you know, and I know that's um, a big part of your message. And so um, if any of your readers hear that today, you know, we don't always get a do over on that moment. Right. And I did. And I'm so grateful for that because it was exhilarating. And I just had to kind of get over that hump of, I can't do this in public. I can't be who I am in public. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about aging, right? Because you're right. We don't always get a do-over, but the nice thing about having some years behind us is we sometimes get to go to those places where we made a decision before one way, we get to go to that place again and think, well, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to try it this time. So I love that. And what's so funny, Lori, is in my new book, I have this story about, I'm not going to give it away, but it's a story about jet ski, riding a jet ski in Bermuda. And it has a much different 
twist and purpose because <laughs> it was it was a near death experience for me actually. Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, well, we were riding the Bermuda Triangle and a storm was rolling in and it was. But um, I'm not going to give it away. You'll have to get my new book if you want to read that story. If you're watching or listening today. But anyway, no, I, I love that. I love that. I think I think that's awesome, and I can totally relate to the whole jet ski thing. I mean, any any water sports thing or water activity in general, I think causes some angst when you struggle with body yep. image. If a swimsuit is required, it's like I might not be feeling well that day. <laughs> you know, right. Or I'll just stay inside and chop the vegetables or whatever excuse we come up right. with, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so I think probably everyone watching and listening can appreciate that. Well, let's talk about aging a little bit. Let's talk about aging. First of all, should I be thanking you or not that you're having me on to talk about aging? Right? <laughs> okay, so it's your Facebook group that qualified you and nothing else. I, I could have found someone older. <laughs> Easily, Lori. I'm coming up on 50. I'm going to be 50 next year. Well, I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm right behind you. I know. I'm, it, my, so my husband and I just turned 46 this summer. And, you know, we were having that conversation like, oh, I still feel, I don't think I feel 20, but I think, I, you know, like late 20s, like maybe 30. <laughs> You yep. know, I was, I was in a group of, of women the other day and the one woman's like, I just still feel 17. I'm like, I, you couldn't pay me to go back to 17. Like, I don't want to oh, feel 17 oh. again. Yeah, there's no <laughs> amount of money. Yeah, but I'm with you because I think, and that's actually one of the things that has surprised me most about aging. I still think I'm 30, but younger women in church will kind of approach me and, hey, could I get your insight? And I'm like, oh, they think I'm the wise one. <laughs> you know, like I am in my 40s and younger women are looking to us, you know, for help and answers and truth. And so, and I think the other thing that um, if I can just like, I'm hijacking your show, if I can no, just like do it. Um, the other thing that has just totally surprised me about aging is like, you know, my body just all of a sudden started to betray me and my neck is held together by screws and pins. I've had a couple of spinal fusions and this whole deal. So I went to the eye doctor and he's flipping slides and everything. And, and I was like, wow, that makes such a big difference. He says, yeah, I think you're ready for bifocals. And I just sort of like bifocals I mean don't they call those progressives now <laughs> and he said well you know we can call them progressives if you want like <laughs> that makes you more comfortable that a, yeah that was a weird word and moment for me and then like I don't know my right knee is like I have this uh, torn meniscus in my right knee and so I think like what is over the hill is it 40 or is it 50? Because I'd like to tell my torn meniscus if it's going up or down, you know, <laughs> like the, the body just starts changing. Right. And so yeah. I'm kind of adapting to that and, and flexing to that. It does kind of sneak up on you. I went to a conference in February called the wonder years gathering. Okay. Do you remember, do you remember back when we used to just like hop a flight and go to a conference? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The Wonder Years, it's uh, Leslie Leland Fields uh, uh -huh. curated, a, you know, the books. So it's a wonderful book of essays about midlife or kind of what can stay, what should go. It's just a beautiful collection. And so she ran a conference off of that called the Wonder Years Gathering. And so Elisa Morgan was one of the speakers and she said something so profound um, related to our bodies in midlife. Hmm. She says this, your body is a vessel and your vessel was created 
to give others access to the contents of God living in you. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that flips the whole script, doesn't it? Like, Absolutely. So we can embrace our diminishments as they come because that's not even the point of this yeah. whole body anyway. And I feel like, I mean, I had withstand, you know, issues notwithstanding in terms of, you know, body image and eating disorder and all the things. But I feel like just in just generalizing, it takes until you're in your 40s to start to really be okay at, at some level, any level really, because I work with women that are in their 60s and they're still, you know, struggling with, with body image and all the things just like they were in their 20s and 30s. But, but I think once you get into your 40s, you can kind of start to be more okay with maybe my purpose on this earth isn't just to be hot. <laughs> right? Right. And, and not, not, that, not that I think anyone is conscious of that. Right. Because I, but I feel like there's this underlying pressure of, you know, what you look like should be, that's, that's who you are and that's what you put out there. And, and I think once you get into your forties, I don't, I just remember the day and and I lamented it. I I can't say if I, I would be dishonest if I said like, I was like, yay. But I remember the day my husband and I were going somewhere and I got like all dressed up and, and he was like, you look nice. And I was like, you know, what just hit me when I was looking in the mirror, like the best I can hope for right now is attractive. Like there's no more hot. It's attractive. Like that is, that's the height of a compliment you can get after, I don't know. I don't know if it's 40 necessarily. I felt okay at 40, 45, <laughs> took a different turn. But, but it's like attractive. That's the best I can do right now. And it, and it was just, a, it was a good, <laughs> good, like, I don't know, a good point in the road to stop and yeah. say, okay, this can't, be what what life is about uh there has to be more so and i love lisa morgan she's great crystallize a little bit in your 40s i think um you know we start sorting through what can stay and what needs to go yeah right yeah and and well you've you've kind of thought about what can stay and what needs to go so what what have you found to be the best part of aging what does that look like for you hey there how much is freedom worth to you That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. man. Well, I think the best part of aging is it does create like midlife kind of does create this moment where you can think about what do I want this thing to actually look like? What kind of woman or older woman, what kind of, what kind of women do I want to be? Right. And so now's the time to settle that. You know, we do get a say in the thing. We do get to decide 
uh, our mutual friend, Alice Kreider, was working with me on a book proposal I'm putting together. And we were talking about like, what's the point of the book you're writing? And it's in this midlife sandbox. And, and she just kept drilling me down to like, what is the main takeaway you want your readers to have? And I, I just want women to know, like we get a, we do get a say, we can make some decisions. And the word decide is actually interesting, Heather, because it comes from, it's a death word. Um, homicide, suicide, mm. genocide, that word side, huh. it, 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 it means death. And so when we decide something, something's got to go, something's mm. going to die, right? So for me, like if my 20s were all about status and my 30s were all about stuff, then my 40s, you know, have really been about getting skinny. And I don't mean that in the way that we talk about skinny. I mean, my 40s have been about what can and so some toxic relationships needed to go, mm. some faulty beliefs that I grew up with, mm. you know, I've always been taught that they needed to go. They didn't mm. square up truth. My definition of success had to go mm. because it was all about hustling for my worth and what my paycheck was. And if I could take that killer trip and post it up on Facebook and Instagram, and that is so unsustainable. So mm. it just man, I just simplified everything. I trimmed it all down. And it's like when I finally started to stand on God with both feet and my whole heart, he was like, okay, now we're onto something. Now you're standing on me and you can go serve me. And everything just exploded. Like when I say simplify, um, I, I cut out the fat. I cut out the stuff that needed to go. And now life has exploded in other really good, rich, fulfilling ways. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And I think, I think the truth is like, if you're listening or watching today and you're not in your forties yet, like what Lori just said is, is not that life starts in your forties, but that really it's once you make that decision to really go all in with, with God and make, make his priorities, your priorities, like that's when life starts to change. And so even if you're in your fifties or your sixties and you know, you're still like, and I'm not really sure where I'm at. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to wait. Like you can start today by, by jumping in both feet and just taking, taking, well, jumping in both feet and also taking a step. I guess those two things, those two different metaphors <laughs> there. You know, because sometimes jumping in with both feet sounds overwhelming. Like I don't even know where to jump. But but taking steps towards okay, God. You know, I've been doing things the way I thought I needed to do. I'm hustling the way I thought I needed to hustle. Trying to do improvement, be it to myself or to my home or to the people around me, right? Because we're really good at that as women. Um, and and you know, and just surrendering all of that to God. And that you don't have to wait for midlife to that for that to happen. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. There's no time stamp, time limitation on this. And there's no, there's no too early. There's no too late, but I really wish, I wish I would have nailed it. And I'm not saying like, whatever, you know what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. I wish I would have come to the realization earlier because you said a key word and it's something we've kind of been bantering back and forth about, but like when you're hustling, usually what you're hustling for is worth. Mm -hmm. Right. And I wish someone in my twenties and thirties would have said all of this thing you're doing like I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago stop it mm -hmm. this is not where your worth lies yeah. and I've probably heard that in bits and pieces and yeah um, but anyway so that's been a really freeing thing for me about aging I think sometimes 
I think sometimes as we age, um, the, the patented midlife phrase is, I don't care what anybody thinks, right? Mm-hmm. You've heard that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true. I just think that's the best soundbite we got to try to get at this idea of um, we long for freedom. We long to be who Christ made us to be. It is for freedom that he set us free. Like, why did he say it twice? He really wants us to know that it matters to him. And so it should matter to us. Yeah. And um, so anyway. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I mean, and, and I think it's funny. I think in our 20s, we think the hustle will bring us the freedom, right? right? And like you said, in our 30s, as we acquire things, people, (laughs) children, whatever, you know, we think that that will bring us the freedom. And and so it is a beautiful thing in in your 40s and beyond to start to see. And, you know, I know for me, it's been the the step of, wait a second, what I did in my 20s didn't work. What I did in my thirties didn't work, <laughs> you know. Hey, it's time. It's time to start a new course here. So yeah, I love that. Well, why do you think so many women struggle with aging? Oh man, I think there's some grief in it. Hmm. You know? Flesh that out a little. So let me give you the good news before I get into the bad news. The okay. This <clears throat> loss can make room for gain. Hmm. I love that. Right, but I think there is a grief in sort of like. Our, our kids are, are not as dependent on us anymore. And sometimes we're confronted with maybe some parenting patterns that were flawed. Mm-hmm. And we try to go back and correct it on kids that don't need that from us anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They've, they've, they're either, they're grown and gone, or, or at least they're grown and, mm-hmm. you know, under our roof. So our role there changes. And I, mm-hmm. I think some of us were given formulas and they broke. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes life isn't as neat and tidy and clean as you get in your five-step, whatever, you know, book you read. And um, so I think sometimes we clung to things that we thought were great formulas, but like really the formula in the word of God maybe was secondary to that, right? Um, I don't know. Like, can we just be honest and say some hard things? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think some of us in midlife are are on the floor kind of picking at broken pieces, Mm. Um, you know, broken pieces of marriage or broken pieces of our, our own actions that had consequences. And sometimes it's, it's harm that others really did to us. And that all kind of collides, I think in midlife, because for the first time, the, there's a little bit more time in Mm -hmm. the sense that like, we're not hands-on as much with our kids and, um, so once the frenzy of all of the kind of raising kids or, you know, even if we don't have kids, like pouring everything into a career, once the frenzy starts to set, settle down, um, we have a minute <laughs> to think. And, and, um, yeah, I think sometimes we're looking back and there's some real sort of, oh man, I wish I could go, go back and do that thing the right way. Right. Yeah. Um, and even for those who you're in midlife and life is humming along pretty well, I mean, I think we face a, a decision point about, do I matter? Am mm-hmm. I leaving a legacy? There's only so much time left on this thing, right? And, um, and so there's more of an urgency and that mm-hmm. mixed with grief um, can create some weird 
just intense emotions, right? Yeah. Add the hormones on top of it. And man, it's a lot going on at once. I'm glad you said that at the end, because I was, that's what I was thinking. It's like, I think feeling like you're on the clock, it, it does something to you. You know, I mean, and it's ridiculous, right? Because none of us are promised tomorrow. So we've always been on the clock. Right. <laughs> but but for some reason, I don't know. It's just, it's like, well, wait, there's there's maybe less time ahead than I've already lived. Those are weird thoughts to have. You know what's so weird, Heather? Okay, so what does midlife mean to you? I'm just going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Like, what's the age range of midlife? Stamp it for me. Yeah, I mean, I'd say 40s. Okay, to what? Just 40s? Yeah, I think I'd just say 40s, the whole decade of the 40s. Okay, so that's kind of what I thought. I had this moment when I was 42 or three, I don't know, where I said something to my husband about, it was just this casual drop. You know, like the first time you say, I love you. Uh And it's like, everything changes. Maybe that's not a great analogy because it wasn't that kind of intensity, but I said Uh something to him about, how weird it was that we were in midlife. And he kind of looked at me like, speak for yourself. Uh-huh. No, I was like at least 42. And my husband is six years older than me. So do the math. It's 40. <laughs> and he's like thinking, I'm not in midlife. Who's in midlife? Like, and so there's this denial about it. When I started this Facebook group, get a midlife. I thought, okay, that's a fun play on the, you know, it, it's a quick indicator of the sandbox I'm going to be playing in. Mm-hmm. There were people in my life who were like super offended that I invited them into this group. And they're like, you know, 40. Uh-huh. And then there were other people on the older end, like in the 60 range. So technically, medically, midlife is like 40 to 60. Okay. Which surprised me a little bit because by straight math, that's outrageous. If 60 is midlife. Yeah. Then Okay, whatever. Yeah. I'll <laughs> pass that one. But, and so then there were people on the older end of the spectrum who were like, I don't belong in this group. So I was like, okay, basically by everyone's reactions, exactly five people belong in this group, you know? <laughs> no Midlife one wants to claim it. Is huh. a, it's kind of a, you know, it's like this undefined, um, weird, no man's land in the middle. And we don't actually know when we enter it totally. And we don't know when we exit it totally. Um, so anyway, I don't know what took me down that rabbit trail. I think just you talking about midlife and being yeah. in it and just like, there's a denial, I think that comes with it. Well, but so that's, I mean, so that's interesting, I think, because it's like, why, you know, why, why deny it? I mean, for me, you know, when they, you t- like fill out a survey and they get the demographic information from you, it normally is like 35 to 42 is one of the categories. And so I remember for me, like 42 to 43 being like, oh, I'm no longer with the 35 year olds. Yep. <laughs> now I'm with the 50 year olds. And I remember that being like, a, oh, wow, like this is serious <laughs> kind of thing. But, yeah. you know, but, but then it's, it's just, it's funny. I feel like so much of what we wrestle with in our 20s and 30s, like the messages about our value then, they change, it changes, right? Like in our 40s, but I feel like it's this anti-aging message 
that kind of weighs on our head. And yet there is nothing you can do about it. Like your alternative to not aging is death, right? right. <laughs> I mean, it's really your best option, yeah. aging. You're, you're, you're onto something that I think is a great, great vein to tap because there, there is this sort of like, how can we turn back the clock? How can we, you know, um, Nora Ephron wrote a great book and I'm probably going to forget the exact title, but it's basically like, I'm sorry about my neck or please mm -hmm. forget, you know, it's like the neck is always the tell, right? Like mm -hmm. we can, we can, you know, de-wrinkle, we can Botox, we can whatever, but the neck is always the tell. Mm -hmm. And so women are always like trying to, but my message is like, why would we want to turn back the clock? Mm -hmm right? Like we've acquired some wisdom by now. We've parented um, some, through some hard years. We've, mm -hmm. we've won a few battles. We've seen our God show up for us um, in, you know, really jaw dropping ways. Mm -hmm. And so I, you couldn't pay me enough to go back to my twenties. You know, I just feel like we've, we've acquired a little bit of wisdom. So that's like a trick card up our sleeve, right? Absolutely. So why not, why not play it? Yeah. And, and I mean, so I'm not, I'm not anti-hair color, obviously, <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I'm not anti-wrinkle cream, but I feel like this whole like masquerade we have to put on to be younger, look younger, whatever. It, to some extent, we rob ourselves in that of, of being able to really embrace just what you said, you know, like, Hey, I got a couple years on you. You know, right. I, I might look like I got a couple years on you because I got a couple years on you and let me do what the Bible says. Let me share with you, like what I've learned. Let me help you. And help is always such a controversial word, but, but well, I think it's like, let me, um, yeah, I, I say without hesitation, I love pouring into young people. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I used to think like, what are these called, crow's feet? Uh-huh. I used to think they looked so beautiful mm. in some of the older women in my life. Uh-huh. And I really did. I thought, oh, I want those. Because those women, to me, represented, you know, who I wanted to be, right? Mm. Wisdom and right. loving and all that stuff. Well then, okay. Then they come and it's like, shoot, did I really want those? <laughs> but actually, yeah, actually, yeah. yes. Yeah. Really? Yes. I do. Well, because, and, yeah. And yeah, I mean, like there, I don't think there's anything sinful about Botox, but you know, the whole, like the pressure involved with trying to keep that up, right. right. Trying, trying to look like you haven't aged, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like we, we miss out on something when we're, we're chasing youth instead of embracing, you know, the, the years that God has given us. Right. That sounds quotable. <laughs> no, that was quotable. I think, look, I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes the, the cost of wisdom, wisdom is hard fought, right? Yeah. It's hard earned. You know, the, the cost of the ticket to that dance can be high. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think when we, um, when we fought a few battles and come out on the winning side, I think we, we really owe it to the younger generation to say, Hey, you know, but like, look at the season we're in, mm -hmm. uh, uh, 
a pandemic, everyone's tired of the P word, but I'll just use it. Um, you know, young people are, there's a lot of loss right now and young people are looking at their world um, and they need women like us to, to pour into them and say, you know what, it's going to be okay. It's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. And lead them into the word of God, which is timeless and anchored. And um, so, yeah, I, I love that aspect of aging. Yeah. I really do. I, I wouldn't trade it, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so segue what you just said. What do you think God wants us to remember about aging? Like, is there any truth from scripture that you can think of that you'd want to share? So I'm going to share my life first with you, which actually isn't specifically about aging, but maybe it kind of is. So, so, um, and the, the reason I, the reason it comes to mind is this isn't specifically about aging and it's not specifically about the comparison trap, but okay. Let me just lay it on you. Jeremiah 12, five. Okay. Kind of a random, um, if you have run with men and grown weary, how will you compete with horses? Hmm. So this is God talking to the prophet Jeremiah. And the, the, the first four verses of that chapter are basically Jeremiah having a word with God. Okay. About, you know, what, how long are you going to let the people just disregard you and live in wickedness? And, you know, Jeremiah is this prophet in this hard season, and he's basically frustrated with, the people and kind of just like, God, can I just have a word with you about that? And God says to him, if you have run with men and grown weary, how will you compete with horses? Hmm. And the reason I want to share that with your listeners is I feel like man, God just has bigger races for us to run, you know? And I think that speaks to us. Maybe it does speak in that comparison trap that people get in and and maybe it also, I mean, by the way, congratulations on your new book, The Thank Burden you. of Better. Thank because you. Maybe it, maybe it speaks into that too, you mm. know, The Burden of Better. I can't wait to get my hands on it. But I think when God is saying, look, if you're letting men wear you out, you're running the wrong race. Mm. I'm training you for a bigger race. Yeah. I want you to be fast and sleek and running with horses. You know, I had some relational dysfunction in my childhood. There was some physical abuse and there was this kind of emotional manipulation. And I had to just um, kind of unhook from that. And, and, and I think some of us in midlife, like we, we finally do that for the mm-hmm. first time. Like this is my one actual life. What do I want it to be? Mm-hmm. And so um, what I want my life to be is I want to match up with the standards God has for me. I want to run the races he has for me to run. I want to train how he wants me to train. And that verse just speaks all of that into me. You know, God has bigger races for us to run. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so tell me the reference again, Jeremiah 12, five. Is that what you said? Jeremiah twelve five. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't think I've ever noticed that verse or read it in that way. Would you want to know what translation that's from? I think it's NIV. NIV. Uh, the... It could be ESV. Those are the okay. two I typically Okay. But it's so funny you say that too, because like, so I've been a Christian for 25 years and for years, like decades, I was like, I don't have a life first. Everyone mm-hmm. else has a life first. Why don't I have a life first? Like, and then in my reading plan one day there it was. And I was like, oh man, 
I don't want to run with men. I don't want to mm. let men wear me out Yeah, because that just will slow me down. And I don't know why that, I really was thinking about your book title, The Burden of Better. Cause I think like we, we strive to be better. We hustle for our worth. We get on that treadmill, right? And God says like, that treadmill isn't what I asked you to be on. Mm -hmm. That's not the race I asked you to run. So come over here. Cause I'm going to train you to run with horses. Yeah. Um, I, can I put you on the spot again? Absolutely. I want to do a giveaway for my, my readers who might catch the, your, our discussion here today. Could I, could I, um, could I arm wrestle you for like a signed copy of your book? You don't even have to arm wrestle me. (laughs) You got it. We'll do for any of my followers in my Facebook group, get a midlife. If you hop over to Heather's, um, website and subscribe to her newsletter, then what will we do? Like we'll do a draw. You'll tell me, you'll shoot me those names. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. So tell, tell. Yep. So go to compare to who.me. Compare to who dot me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, cool. Awesome. Thanks, Lori. Yeah, that'd be fun. And then you have something to give away too, right? For for anyone watching that's not part of your Facebook group and feels and is not afraid to be in the midlife category. (laughs) Right. If you're one of those five people who actually will acknowledge your midlife. No, we take all comers. Trust me, I have some women in their 30s in there who are kind of like creeping in on the group to see like what's coming, what are my hacks, right? Um, yeah, but so I have this, I have this t-shirt. I have one of them, and I bought a bunch of them because it's um, like the softest t-shirt I have. So can you see it? Yeah, here uh, I'll read it. I'll read it to everyone. It yeah. says, "What is coming is better than what is gone." I love what that. What is coming is better than what is gone. So if any of your listeners hop over to um, my Facebook group, how will I know they're your listeners? Um, Yeah, hop over to my Facebook group and join it and then private message me and let me know that you're one of Heather's subscribers. And yeah, I love to give stuff away. So let's do that. I know, it's fun. (laughs) My publisher doesn't love that aspect of my personality, but I'm like- that's okay. <laughs> well, we, we gave away 2,500 downloads of compared to who this summer. Wow. And I think the expectation was maybe we would do 500 downloads and we did 2,500. So it was really cool and really fun. And I'm like, can we just do this all the time? Cause it's a whole lot easier to give books away <laughs> and to sell them. Yeah. And they're like, no, Heather, that's not how this business works. But, um, but it was super fun. I love the heart behind that though, because I think like, you know, it's an awesome message needs to get out there. Are you tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free. My friend, check out compared to who.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. What's your favorite 
kind of someone's life got unlocked and they found freedom story as, as a result of compared to who? Oh, well, there's a story that I put in the new book about a woman that I worked with and she was very much in midlife. And I think what's interesting for some of us, what happens is we build an identity on the way we look, right? And so as a little girl, you're the pretty one, you know, teens, 20s, you're the thin one, the pretty one, the, you know, the hot one, whatever word you want to use. And then like we were talking about earlier, get into the 40s and the 50s and that's no longer your identity right the best you can do is attractive (laughs) and so I had a woman I worked with and she was just kind of at rock bottom she's like I've been struggling with this for a long time and I just you know I don't know how to break free and it was just really fun to work with her and realize that part of part of the root of the problem there was she just she just didn't have anything else in her arsenal to define herself. Right. And so obviously, you know, we find our worth in Jesus, you know, first and foremost, but just kind of helping her explore the way that she had received spiritual gifts. She didn't even know what her spiritual gifts were and kind of helping her flesh that out. And then just watching her come alive through, you know, I've been in the church all my life, you know, so I've taken the spiritual gifts test a zillion times. Um, and, you know, it's like, it's kind of this like, oh, well, will it change? You know, those kind of things are about as exciting as it gets for me. But it was, it was great to see, to see the miracle of God imparting spiritual gifts onto us in a different way. Because I was able to see a woman who just had her eyes wide open to that. And once she recognized, oh, wow, God has wired me in this way. And once she started practicing those things, so super fun to witness her just transform where she wasn't as concerned about what she looked like anymore. She wasn't as obsessed over the mirror anymore. She was like, yeah, this actually feels really good to serve in the way that God wired me to serve. And so Yeah, I share that story in the book because I talk about the different kinds of grace that God imparts to us and how kind of understanding all those different kinds of grace really can help us break free from comparison. And so her story is one that I share. But yeah, thanks for asking that. I I love I love to share her story. Yeah. Heather, like that's another really lovely thing about midlife. It's our job to come along side of younger women who maybe have been Christians, but like to, to your point about this gal, she needed someone to kind of help, um, define that and put some teeth to that. And I was in the church for a a little while before I really kind of shifted my weight and fully wholeheartedly stood on God's Mm -hmm. truth and let that unlock my life instead of all the pursuits I was after or, you know, so we're the ones for the job. We don't get a pass on this, you know? And, and I find it so interesting and humbling. And actually, I really think it's a privilege to be at this age in this timestamp in history. Like I said, we're the ones for the job. Mm -hmm. God is calling us to lead in this time of just incredible world chaos and that's too big to define but i bet there's chaos in our neighborhood yeah i bet there's chaos you know at um in whatever circles we're in right we're the ones um who can bring some freedom and truth and peace and joy and victory into that 
Amen. Amen. I love that, Lori. Well, thank you so much for being willing to engage in a conversation on aging, even though we're not going to call you or, or we're not going to call me old. That's, that's a different thing. <laughs> we're aging. <laughs> I think I, re- I refer to my, that. <laughs> I refer to my parents as aging in my new book. And my mom was like, ah, that's it. I'm not buying an extra copy. <laughs> I was like, mom, it's truth. <laughs> so anyway, we got some work to do in my family of origin on, proud. <laughs> on this topic. But Lori, thanks so much for being with us. Tell everyone where they can connect with you. So I blog at um, lauridavies.life. And um, yeah, so you can hop on my blog there or my Facebook group. We have a lot of fun in there. It's called Get a Midlife. And um, you can find it on Facebook. I have an author page on Facebook too. Lori Davies, pretty easy to find. Awesome. Um, So yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I'll put those links in the show notes so you can click right through if you're watching or listening and you can connect with Lori uh, after this episode. Well, thanks again, Lori, for being part of the show. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. (laughs) That's all for today. Bye-bye. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.